Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Welcome to Pilot Season Podcast. This is episode number 17. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is the show where we pick a television show pilot, which is just the, the first episode aired, only the first episode, and we watch it, and we review it, and we discuss it, and generally find some odd things to talk about. And... This week, and we, we alternate picks every week, and so this week's pick was Jen's, and she picked... The Fall Guy. The Fall Guy. The 1981 uh, uh, series or pilot starring Lee Majors, the former $6 million man. And uh, it's the story of Colt Seavers, who is a... Hollywood stuntman by day and a bounty hunter slash private investigator by night or in his off time. I mean, I wouldn't say strictly an investigator, but it seems like his adventures probably lead into like righting wrongs or solving a mystery or something like that. Yeah, I think it's more than just like picking up, you know, right, bail guys who get bail. Um, he has a uh, boss, if you will. I I don't really know. Like, does she run a bail bonds I, office, or is she a PI? Her like I have I some confusion know. about that. I had some notes about her because I feel like they didn't make that clear their relationship clear until like at least forty five minutes or an hour into this into the episode, which of course was like it was basically like a two hour movie. Like a, and it was it was an hour and a half, but I mean I'm sure like on when it aired it was like two hours. Yeah, it did say like part one and two. Yeah. So I imagine when it aired it was like two one hour shows with you know with commercials. And I feel like so basically what they did was I mean they I feel like they could have just done an hour episode because they they kind of had two like plots. Or two, right? Well, there's a lot of stuff to unpack in the in the pilot episode. They they introduce everybody, uh, you know, Colt, his cousin Howie, who just shows up from college, and kind of his stunt person protege Jody, who's kind of like his assistant slash protege. I kind of also want to say pride. mentee, like he yeah. seemed to be, you know looking out for her as a fellow stunt person. Right. Um, she sort of works for him, but at the same time, it goes a little bit beyond just being co-workers slash friends. Mm-hmm. I think he's truly, like, trying to help her, like, with her career. Yeah, he's watching out for her, uh, making sure she's safe and doing things the right way. Um, and then we're introduced, and then there's kind of, like, the two cl- uh, clients or jobs or whatever he he has and and they both involve um, finding a uh, someone who jumped bail or skipped bail or whatever, and then <laughs> amazingly both uh, both subplots converge at the end. Of course they do. Yes, but I feel like they could have probably had a successful pilot with either one of those. Probably, and there was a, really a lot to. I didn't ever. One. I didn't feel like completely, say, overwhelmed by mm-hmm. the the combination, if you will, of two what could have been very separate storylines or the number of characters or anything like that. Um, so it wasn't like too much, but yeah, you probably could. They could have easily written it just slightly differently, I think, and it would have been two separate stories. Mm-hmm. But I didn't necessarily mind that it was one story 
you know, yeah. that kind of work together. Of no, it was like that. That's how TV often yeah. works, where everything just kind of works out. And oh, look at these folks! They happen to be in the same place <laughs> at the same time as these other folks that I'm, you know, dealing with. And like mm-hmm. that's TV, you know. Yeah. But I didn't mind it. Well, before we get too too deep into the discussion, what we usually do is talk about our, you know, if we have any personal history with the show that we're talking about, if it's something we've watched before, if it's brand new to us. So, um, since this was your pick, why do you have any previous history with it, or why you decided to pick it? Um, yeah, I do remember watching it as a kid. Um, I don't know if you can you're the one who does oftentimes does a little bit of background research so like you said 1981 I would have been five I don't recall that at five I was watching the fall guy so I don't know if I did we watch reruns later or I really thought that we were watching it you know when it was on currently so I don't know how many seasons it went like maybe we stepped in or I stepped in a couple seasons in I think it went like five seasons okay okay well that eh, yeah I mean, and you had older brothers, right? And your dad, maybe they watched it, or right. So other, yeah, other people in my house maybe had it on, but I don't, I don't know that I was watching it with them at age five. At some point, I definitely did, because I always thought Howie was cute, and I liked <laughs> him, and um, I liked him more than than Colt, um, and I guess I just remember just liking the show and that's why you know I wanted to pick the show um but yeah I I don't I don't recall at what point we might have stepped in to the show yeah I guess I was kind of the same way I mean I'm a couple years older but I never watched the show growing up um you know in its first run um, I, I probably watched a couple episodes here and there. I remember, I think kids at school, you know, like I had friends that watched it. I never really, uh, I don't know why I really didn't watch it. Um, that period of time, the early 80s, there was just, you know, a, a huge amount of like action television shows to watch at that time. So m- maybe it was just, you know, it just fell by the wayside. I don't know. Um, I, I think the one thing that everybody remembers about this show, whether they watched it or not, is the theme song. Well, the unknown stuntman. Yeah, I think that that's part. Of, it's in my notes. Like I forgot how much I love the theme song, mm-hmm. and the music itself. I you know it's it's catchy. You know, and I've been humming it since we watched it last <laughs> night. Um, but also, I I love like. The, the lyrics like I love how he mentions all of these real um, movie stars yeah. and like people that he says you know he's basically protected by doing their stunts for them mm-hmm. um, or women that he's maybe been involved with mm-hmm. um, but yeah I just something about that I just and I don't even think I could attempt to put like into words, but there was definitely a feeling of nostalgia. Like I feel like even as a kid, I was like, "That's cool." He just said Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, or Clint Eastwood, or yeah. 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 And he sings the song himself. That's right. Yeah, Lee Majors, star of the show, he he sings the unknown stuntman, and apparently it it actually was on the radio briefly. It had huh. some radio play back in the day. Okay. And I also think I read that's kind of how Lee Majors got his start was that he just used to hang around stunt guys huh. growing up or when he was a young man, became a stunt man, then an actor, and so he had a real affinity for for stuntmen. And so um he throughout the series, um made sure that there are, I guess, always a lot of stunts to do, you know. So that they could hire Yeah, so they could, men. yeah. Um, and there were, you know, there was definitely a lot of action in this episode. Well, between the scenes where he was working as a stuntman, um, or Jody was working as a stunt person, mm-hmm. whatever, 
um, you know, definitely there's action and stunts happening there. But then while he's trying to apprehend various folks and whatever, there's definitely stunts going on there. And one thing that was sort of funny in a way that he had to, he he definitely said it a couple of times like I've learned a few tricks kid <laughs> like basically yeah. I've learned how to do a bunch of stuff that applies to my moonlighting job from doing my daytime job I I actually I, I wrote a note that kind of was uh, kind of echoes that that the the there was so much explanation it was like bounty hunter 101 Yeah like was he kept it explaining weird that he explained it so I don't say so much or so well, often but I guess I guess as as a viewer, I kind of already got that, and I didn't need it to be explained. Like, maybe you do know how to, like, do some kind of crazy kick-in-the-face move or whatever, you know, because you've done things like that. But it was just funny that he said it multiple times. Not only that, but not only did he... Well, I think, you know, Howie was supposed to be, like, our, our window into Colt's world of not only stunt work, but... Um, you know, fugitive apprehension, um, that not only did he have to, or feel he had to explain the stunt side to Howie, but he was also, like, surprisingly described um, in kind of in-depth the legal side of it. Like, this is what I can do as a, as a, as a bounty hunter. Like, you know, I, um, I can kick in a door and I can do this and, Pulls like, the uh, document had, yeah. out of his glove box. And yeah, he had, like, a copy of, like, the legal document that's saying, like, what he could and couldn't do. Um, so, yeah, it was like, oh, you want to learn how to be a, a bounty hunter? Watch the first episode of The Fall Guy, you know? <laughs> oh, well, going back real quick to the Unknown Stuntman, the theme song. I don't know if you noticed this, but the Unknown Stuntman, there were, like, um, instrumental at least two or three different instrumental versions of it throughout the show. Oh, yeah, there were the interludes sh- and stuff, like, yeah. all throughout the show. And yeah. it was... Because at first, we heard... Because when the show first... The episode first started, I heard it. Like, it was it was an instrumental version. And I thought, oh, man, maybe we're not going to hear the song because it's the pilot episode. Maybe they don't... Because a lot of times, the pilot episodes, like, don't... They don't have the same... Like, they might not have the intro that they have sure. later on mm-hmm. which we've seen like some some older shows especially will just go right into the episode like because older shows their pilots were basically like movies that was how they were introduced so there there was no um, intro to the show mm-hmm. um, there sort of was for this one I mean we, we did get the theme song eventually right um and there was a title card that said Fall Guy, but there was no, like, montage of Opening, scenes. like, scenes. But, then there, yeah. but there kind of was at the very beginning. It was just really weird because they showed us scenes. There was, like, a montage in the very beginning of scenes that happened later on in that episode. Yeah. And, yeah, and, there, were, and there were also some scenes that didn't happen at all, like... The, the the him of him and his the scene of him in his bathtub, we never see that. But then there's a scene of him and Howie in that prison, that that, that jail, that happens like towards the end of the episode. So they must have filmed a few more episodes, and then made that opening montage out yeah. of at least a couple of episodes. Right. But 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 the didn't but the song didn't play with the opening montage. It was a voiceover of him explaining yet again. So he explains yeah. what he does at least like two or three times throughout the course of this episode. Well, then the other thing about the theme song is it played not at the very beginning, but we'll say towards the beginning. Then it played again at mm-hmm. what I kind of thought at that time like was the end of part one. If my theory is correct that maybe they aired it on two separate nights, like part one and part two... And it's the scene where his truck's just driving down the road in the middle of nowhere. That's where they're going to Arizona to pick up Eddie Albert. Right. But then the we child heard, killer. Yeah, we have a lot of things to cover here. <laughs> but then we heard the theme song 
at least one more time later. And I remember hearing it close to the end, but I thought, well, why are they playing the theme song right now? This certainly is not over because they haven't wrapped everything up. So they played the theme song, and then they wrapped everything up, and it was over. And that was kind of different to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind hearing the theme song like a hundred times. No, it was it great. It was awesome, but it was just oddly placed or different than what I'm used to, maybe. I feel like that we also... Um, we also got an extended version of it than we, than you normally got at the opening. There was a, there was definitely a like there's definitely more lyrics to this song than you get in a normal episode right. of the Fall Guy. So when we heard it, we'll say near the beginning, then we definitely heard it at least once more towards the middle and again towards the end. So we heard the theme song with lyrics at least three times, and. Each time, you didn't necessarily hear the same exact thing that you heard the previous time. Like, there are different verses, and you would hear X number of verses, say, each time, but not always the same Mm -hmm. verses. My mind is blown. (laughs) Okay, so we're introduced to Colt and Howie and Jody, and then um, Colt's... uh, Boss, sort of, or like the the, the woman that has like three different names. Yeah, Samantha, Jack, or Big Jack. Yeah, her name is Samantha Jack. So sometimes her that nickname comes from her last name. Also, they call her Soapy. Soapy, which I have to say that for thirty plus minutes, when I heard Soapy. What I thought I heard was Sophie. That's what I thought, too. And for the longest time, I'm just like, well, what is her name? Soapy. And they explained where that yeah, nickname came it from. it was something dumb. I kind of forget. Well, not only that, I couldn't... I wasn't sure if we were seeing two different women because her hair wasn't always the same. She had, like, two different hairstyles, and I thought, is one of them the bail bondsman and the other one, like district attorney or something or yeah because there were scenes where she i think was in her office and other scenes where maybe she was at home or or she was at the she was at the police station at the hotel room like there were she was it had like different settings and you're right and she was always dressed was different she was always dressed professionally so it was hard to tell right like it took me a little while to figure out that this was just one person with multiple and you, and you do find out later that yes, she is. She does own a bail bond business that was her father's mm-hmm. and left to her. So I feel like, but we don't find that out until like three quarters of the way through the through the episode. Yeah, I feel like, like that could have that should have been explained a little earlier. I'm basically assuming that she owns this company or at least has some element of like management of bail bonds. Like that's her that her job. She's giving him assignments basically. But it was a little, definitely a little fuzzy how this operation really worked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I with you know having Howie there as again the window into this whole world, there probably would have been an an easy opportunity to say, oh Howie, this is Samantha Jack. She runs ABC Bail Bonds and she gives me jobs and right, you know. But no, that didn't really happen. No. That's all right, though. We're smart cookies. We figured it out an hour <laughs> later. So so the first job he, Colt, gets is to track down um, a country singer, um, Country Joe, what's his name? Country Joe something. I just have Country Joe written down. Yeah, there's definitely like a. I didn't write it down either. There's definitely a last name, but they just call him Country Joe. Even his wife calls him Country yeah. Joe. Country Joe's wife calls him Country Joe, which is weird. <laughs> um, so Country Joe, you, you find out later that Country Joe's he's inadvertently mixed up with um, drug dealers who are using his his tour bus or tour his tour bus his tour to tour route. His, you know, to distribute drugs, and they went so far as to beat up Country Joe's manager, blame it on Country Joe, which then got the police involved, which caused Country Joe to 
go on the run. It, it, it's kind so of convoluted. Country Joe, they're they're now calling themselves Country Joe's manager. Mm-hmm. So his old manager is like out of the picture. Yeah, so we're I never introduced to his old manager at all. They can be a, an even bigger part of his, you know, day to day operations or whatever. Um, and I think I guess like I get it. Country Joe is you know he wants to protect his wife and baby, and and when he talked to Colt about it later, he said like, you know, I'm going doing what they say because they said they would you know hurt my family. Um, but even that took me a couple of minutes to wrap my head around <clears throat> these like three guys who he seemed to be working with, mm-hmm. but then didn't really want to be working with. And we were kind of a ways into the episode when we realized, or well, Country Joe spelled it out, they're transporting drugs via my tour route or whatever. And I was a little confused on that mm-hmm. up until I got that explanation. Yeah, once again, I couldn't tell if Country Joe was in on it or if he was playing Colt or if he truly was, you know, mixed up in something bad. It just took me a little while longer than maybe I would have liked to understand what was really happening there. And. It was, it was really like a, just, oh, oh, the antics, you know, like, hey, Samantha says, hey, go to to Colt, go get Country Joe, and his drug dealing affiliates think that he's been taken to jail, but really, Howie took his car, and, and then just the whole, like, that was so like eighties TV yeah, to me. Yeah, a lot of a lot the of movie. hijinks. Right. Well, the so so Colt tell says, says to Howie like Country Joe uh, agrees to to let himself be turned in. Howie just drops him off at the police station and leaves there with his go, car. There you go, buddy. See yeah. you later. Here's just doesn't the, walk him in. Yeah. Here's just the police station. See you later. I'm gonna go back and hit on that waitress at the Palomino Club. <laughs> By the way, I'm getting back to the Palomino Club. Sure. Um, and then the the drug dealers follow Colt, thinking that Colt has Country Joe. When they catch up with him, they, they, they beat him up for like a solid five minutes. Which they don't show. They don't show. They keep, they keep like... Uh, you hear the sound, like the, the punching sound. Yeah. And the leader of the drug dealers, if you will, they got keep, in the car and was listening to classical or, or some kind of music, and they keep showing the radio, but not showing the fight. You just hear, like, the sounds of a fight. You hear the thuds and, then, and the moans. And right. That. And then the camera goes back to the fight right when they're done. And he, and Colt barely has a bloody lip. Like, like he got wailed on pretty hard for, for a while. Yeah, and... But I guess he he used his stuntman training to absorb and deflect all the blows. That must have been it. Later, Howie's like, whoa, like, make some comment, like, you look like you got the crap beat out of you. And I'm like, but does he? But does he? He really doesn't. He's got, like, yeah, the tiniest thing on his lip. That's it. No black eye. I expected a black eye. Or a bloody nose or something. something. He looks like uh, pretty standard stuff, but okay, Howie. I mean... I, I would, I would, you know, argue that Lee Majors already looked pretty rough to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we just go with like rugged or yeah. But yeah, like that did not look like a he, person he, yeah. who literally got beat up by three big guys. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing there, and maybe you're going to mention it now, was it at the end of this altercation where it's decided that they have to kill him. And they think there's just some kind of sweet justice in killing a man with his own gun. Oh, yeah. And Colt was using a fake gun from a movie set. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I kind of like that. And um, so they take his gun. Nobody seems to realize that it's a fake gun. Hey, I don't know. I I don't operate guns. Maybe they look identical to real guns, you know. Fires off a couple of shots while Colt is running away. Colt decides that the second shot must have hit him, and that's when he collapses and 
and pretends to die. Um, and they, they drive away and Cole mm -hmm. just like gets up. And again, I guess it's just the amazing acting and stunt capabilities <laughs> of Colt Seavers because he was shot at with a fake gun pretended to fall down and die and nobody was like let's go check and see what if it only hit him in the leg yeah what if Did they you only guys ever think of that <laughs> that whole part like it was cool but also like really you three thug guys didn't think to check before you left him there i I will say I, I I thought it was kind of smart or kind of or different I should say that when earlier when he, when Colt was kind of gearing up to go get Country Joe and he pulled a handgun out of his gun closet and I don't know if it was Jody or Howie questioned him about it and he basically said I'm loading it with blanks I mean because stunt guns I mean they're basically real guns but the, it's the bullets that are the fake part they're just you know, so um, so something moves through the chamber, makes the same kind of noise. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it, it, it's exactly it mimics a real gun, but there's no projectile. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of neat that he, you know, he he still was armed, quote unquote, but but not with deadly. You know, he he couldn't well, kill anybody. And I think I, I had made a note about. I find him to be a likable person. And I think that's part of it. Like, he wants to do the right thing. And he does have this moonlighting job because he needs the money. He makes it very clear that stuntmen are not rich. Mm -hmm. And he has his second job to help him pay his bills. And, you know, that's reasonable. But at the same time, I think there's a piece of him that's just, like, a good, a good guy. And he likes to assist the law if you will yeah so you know he even like he made a comment and and not to get ahead of ourselves but one of the the other job that he's given by big jack is to you know apprehend this other uh fugitive who he he tells her that he would have done the job for free right it was and the... so i think there's a piece of him that just wants to do the right thing. And so thus he's not looking to kill it or hurt anyone. He just wants to to bring criminals to justice. Yeah, he's not you know, he he's not a mean or vengeful person. He just Yeah, like you said, he's he's kind of Yeah, he is very likable and he's kinda of like an easygoing guy. Um it's almost like he's having fun with it because um again, yeah, not to get too far ahead, but when they're in um going after Eddie Albert, and they finally catch up with him, they kind of hatch this elaborate scheme to get him out of his own town because he's he's the sheriff of his own town, which I guess makes things a little more complicated. So they hatch this elaborate plot to extricate him across county lines. And it, it was like this just... It was. It seemed overly complicated, but at the same time, it was just a lot of fun. I wrote that it was something out of Dukes of Hazard. Just, it was like a complete. We haven't really set this up, but like it was just a complete like car chase, everyone driving craziness, mm -hmm. and cars wrecking left and right, flipping yeah. over. And I was just like, "Where's Boss Hog?" You know, <laughs> like it really felt like something out of the Dukes of Hazard when they were trying to get away from somebody or whatever mm -hmm. it had that like maybe that's just how they did things in in the 80s or whatever but yeah. it had that feel to it yeah well um i want to jump back real quick before we get into the eddie albert case <laughs> the case of eddie albert so there's a the scene where they catch up with country joe at the palomino bar um the, the and that was kind of neat because the, the palomino is kind of like I think it's a real place, but even if it's not, there um, there was a bar called the Palomino in the movie Hooper, which is a, which is one of my favorite Burt Reynolds movies about stuntmen. <laughs> and true to form, in almost any Burt Reynolds movie, there's like a big bar fight, and in the Palomino and in this episode, there's a big bar fight at the Palomino. So I was like, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> um, I tallied, I tallied the bar fights at two in this in this episode. There was one at the Palomino, and then one at the 
at the town in where Eddie Alpert's from. That there were multiple bar right. fights. Right. Yeah. Where we where we run into a young Delta Burke as a waitress. Yeah, that. I mean, it took me a second. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen her that young. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just know her from like designing women. Anything else that she did? She's she's credited. I checked on IMDb, but she's just she's credited as waitress in that episode. Hmm. So, just goes to show that you know everyone gets their start somewhere. Right. Also, um, I don't know if, if if you caught this, but so when when they when Howie dropped off Country Joe, you know, and he made a phone call to his wife, and I think he decided to go get his wife. Like he, he basically stole his car back from Howie, but like Howie had already driven it up to Colt's house, which right. it's established that Colt basically lives like on a mountain. <laughs> like he lives somewhere in the Hollywood Hills. Like, yeah, like not even, he doesn't even have like a road that leads it's, to his house. It's like a path. It's way up in the Hills and where you park your, your car, you still have to get out and walk a little bit and downstairs to where the house is, it's like a it's, little bit hidden in a way. It's basically like a log cabin. Yeah, and it's very rustic, at least. I mean, his bathtub's you know. outside. <laughs> so, um, but my thing is, how in the hell did Country Joe get up there in the first place? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Because, I mean, like, it, the, it did seem like. He just, like, walked up to his car and, like, yeah, he's, like, hiding behind set. a bush and then, like, oh, getting in my car yeah. now. But, yeah, like, when they showed them driving earlier, Colt and Howie driving to Colt's house, it was, you did get a feel for, like, this is really kind of out there. So, yeah, he, did you walk the whole way, Country I mean, Joe? it had to be at least probably, up the hill, it had to be probably five miles. I mean, if not, you know, and it's, also, it was the middle of the night. There's, so there's no road. There's yeah. no street lights. He's not getting a cab to take him up there. Probably Uber. <laughs> oh, so, speaking of that that original ride with Howie and Colt, um, I felt bad for Jody sitting in the in the back of the truck. Oh my there, god! I know. There was, there was clearly a lot of room and, and enough room for that a skinny little girl mm-hmm. to sit in between Holt, uh, Colt and Howie. She's in the back of the. She's in a, the bed of the pickup truck with the hay bales. Yeah, and I would have been pissed on on what has to be a completely bumpy ride going up yeah. this mountain. And I was kind of like, um, really, guys? You put the girl in the in the back of the truck? Now, when we were kids, we loved riding the back of the truck, but like that looked awful, awful. And yeah, she could have fit up there, no problem. Yeah. Because every time they cut to this to them in the interior of the truck, I was like, "There's like two feet of room in between you guys. <laughs> There's an, clearly enough room for her to sit up there." Yeah, that just I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so are we ready to talk about the other? Oh, wait, I I just have I have one more thing. <laughs> Because so much happened in this episode. That is true. Um, and this was right after the the big altercation at the Palomino Club. So I kind of lost track of who was chasing who, but I guess like Country Joe got in his car and then like ran into a fire hydrant, and then Colt grabbed him up, and then like immediately like the police showed up, and Colt tried to pass him off. He's like, "Oh, it's a here's a it's a fugitive. You guys can just take him in. My job's done." The cops were like, nope, we don't want to deal with this. You take him. We're out of here. There's like a, there's like a fire hydrant. There's like this <laughs> geyser of water. This this car crashed into a fire hydrant. There's, I mean, like, and they're like, all right, we're, we're done. And they just left. <laughs> like, really? That's it? Yeah, that was... Okay, I mean, you guys are just going to leave this scene like this? Even without the fire hydrant, it, it, that was weird. Yeah, the, the the cops were like, F it. We're done. <laughs> anyway, okay, now we can get to the evil Eddie Albert, who 
ran down a child on a bicycle. Yeah, um, he was drunk with a lady friend driving his car and struck this boy riding a bike. Coincidentally, Colt happened to be right in the vicinity and see this all happen. And this is before he's been assigned to apprehend Mm -hmm. Eddie Albert. Okay. So he actually gets out of his truck. Several people come to the scene trying to, like, help the little boy who, um, there's a piece of me that even feels guilty because we have a fictional child here injured. Mm -hmm. Worst actor ever? Worst child actor that ever was in anything? I mean... I don't know. He just kind of had to lay there. Yeah, he just laid there. I don't know. It just seemed like there there was an element of lameness in that scene to me like the kids laying there and like just how they were talking to not that you wouldn't talk to a kid even if he was unconscious like I get it but there was just something it just seemed very well everything happened so fast well okay even before he gets out of his truck he's like now this was a time when everyone still used CB radios because he's on his CB radio saying breaker breaker got got a kid down yeah. you know so I guess you can just call out you can just put it out there into the airwaves like hey I need help got a kid down and maybe, send an ambulance to the corner of whatever maybe that was more you know or like still today I think there's like police like stations if you will like when people who listen to scanners and stuff mm-hmm. that's like that's yeah. Like, you know, that's Maybe like, that was a little more common yeah. back then. But yeah, it was Colt to the rescue, calling for the ambulance. And then he, so he, yeah, he hops out. He's like consoling the the child who's just like basically just laying there. And then uh, a doctor shows up. He's like, "I'm a doctor. Let me through." And he's got his bag. And the, the Colt's like, "All right, kid, the doc's here. You're in good hands." And he leaves. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time the kid just. I don't know if it was the position of the kid, or I think they showed his bicycle. They showed and, one and, tire. And the spin, oh, the spin, like the, the, the tire goes. One, the one tire rolls across the street. Maybe it was just a combination of all those things, and maybe this kid was not the worst child actor ever. But just the scene, to me, was like, there was something awful about it. And um, so anyways... Enough with that kid. He's probably a, a was a fine young man, and I'm just critical. But um, so now Eddie Albert is wanted, and we we learn a little bit also I think more about Samantha here because she bailed him out. Well, yeah, because well, so what happens was it when it was just a uh, like a hit and run, she bailed him out. And he, she's like, you have to stay in town. He's like, fine, I'm staying at the the whatever hotel. Beverly Hills Hotel, thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, Beverly Hills Hotel. Well, then she calls him later to say, oh, by the way, the kid died. So now the charge has been up to manslaughter. And he's like, and she's like, so I need more money for your bail. And he's like, oh, no problem. Let me hang up and go wire that to you. And he's like, I'm out of here. He's like, right. beats don't fail me now. So then she calls Colt and says, Colt, you need to go, like, find this guy. And he's like, well, what the heck? Why would you bail out, like, a child killer? And, you know, she's like, oh, you know, it was like this and like that. And I thought it was pretty dark, too, that they, they're they like, oh, the kid's dead. Yeah. That was, like, probably the, the darkest part. Like, that was that felt weirdly out of place for this. Yeah. Did we have to kill this, the kid? Because like over, I mean overall, like the show is pretty is pretty happy go lucky. Like there 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 were no up to that point there were no stakes, like no no like real life and death situations. Maybe they felt like they had to write it in that the kid died to make it more realistic that this guy skipped town or whatever. Mm-hmm. But okay, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's when she. I don't know, does Colt say something like, your dad never would have done this? And she's like, well, I run my business differently than my dad. And or, Well, she she defends herself. I think she says something like, my dad would have done the exact same thing. Mm. Or something to that effect, yeah. Well, that's when we learn this business came from her, her dad. dad. Yeah, an hour in. Yeah. And um, she seems like a real smart 
put together woman, but this and then Colt sort of alludes to like every once in a while you just do something dumb. It's kind of it's not not verbatim, but I like he kind of alludes to that you know idea that every once in a while she makes a choice that maybe is not the best choice or not the choice that Colt would have made or whatever. So, anyways, now Colt is assigned to go find this child killer person Mm -hmm. and that takes them where exactly did they go arizona okay because i knew that they were in a different and it was uh state i think but like i wasn't really sure yeah because that's when they they played uh unknown stuntman again yes during the drive there during the road trip right so they go to this town and they're kind of like asking around so they can try to find this person. Big and John Kramer. Yes. And they see Kramer real estate, Kramer this, Kramer that. So he owns like half the town or most of the town or whatever. And everyone that they talk to um, trying to look for him gets pissed, basically. Like everybody hates Kramer and they don't want to help these guys. Like, oh, you're friends of his? Because they're going... they're. Made up a little bit of a story, like oh, we're we're buddies and we're trying to find him. Mm-hmm. Oh, any friend of his, you know, basically like a screw you attitude. I'm not helping you. So they start to kind of realize this guy is really not so great. What has he done that's like caused everyone in this town to basically, you know, mm-hmm. hate him? And then we learn that he's not just a person that lives in this town. He's like the sheriff, and he's essentially screwed over just about every resident of this town in one way or another. Yeah, that like he used his power or authority to like buy up land a real lot of cheap or something. And land, and, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really get the whole, like that whole Delta part of Burke it. Burke explained that to us oh. very briefly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also I didn't fully understand. I mean, I get the big picture. He owns a lot of stuff and he's not nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I didn't completely follow how it came to be that he owns a lot of stuff so but anyways he's the sheriff and he's got this crew of like you know kind of like i don't say goons but like well, he's, I mean, goofy, his, his deputies i mean his deputies there was a yeah that dukes of hazard vibe was coming <laughs> back for me a little bit too i kind of how does how do the guys end up finding him i'm drawing a blank there um they you know, they were putting themselves out there trying to find Big John, and they they go to the sheriff's office. That's where they discover he is the sheriff. And then one of his deputies calls him and says, hey, these two guys from California are looking for you. I think he puts, then Eddie Albert puts two and two together and figures out that they're there for him. He tells his deputies to pick up these two guys they bring him, they bring Colton Howie to him, and then Colton Howie starts spinning this tale about, oh, like it was like a, it was very like meta, like I'm a Hollywood stuntman, but but it was more like I want to use your town, like we're I'm, I'm scouting locations to for this big Hollywood film, and he starts like name dropping people that might be involved in the movie, and it's like. Eddie Albert seeing like dollar signs and you Are know there stars. Any blondes in this movie? Yeah. And how he lists like seven different blondes and he's sitting in between two or three blonde women. Right. I mean Eddie Albert, man, what a scumbag. And his and his turquoise bolo tie was insane. It was huge. It was like the size of like a softball. Yeah. It was crazy. Like I don't know how he stood upright with that much turquoise on his neck. <laughs> It was, I mean, um, so yeah, so then there, this is going back to what I said earlier that Colt hatches this elaborate scheme. He's like, well, I have to test, I want to use your officers and their cars, so, but I have to test them as to see who's the best driver. So tomorrow morning, we're going to, we're going to do this fake car chase where everyone's going to chase me around town. Which doesn't seem safe. Not at all, because... Because multiple cars flip and crash. I mean, like, this is... 
And they're your this city's like, assets. Yeah. Like, these are your actual police cars <laughs> yeah, like, what happens that you need to use for, like, later when there's police incidents and they problem. need to go to, you know, like, crime scenes and stuff. Like, these are the real police cars. Not only that, yeah. but this also, but on the flip side, this seems like a, like, just kind of like a, like a small town. Like, not like Mayberry small, but like, you know, middle... They had a huge. I felt like they had a really big police force, given the size of the town that was probably supposed to be. They had like I counted eight cars in one scene. Like I think they had at like least a lot of, like a dozen. I feel like there was at least a dozen cars, police cars. Plus, they were able to manage to get a uh, like a helicopter involved. So, so everyone is chasing all. All the police are chasing Colt through the city, and what they think is like this game or this test to see who's a who's the best driver and he he was like we, I, we I need all under- of your police officers to do this every one of them and i'm like and i don't what? understand why because they somebody weren't... needs the police tomorrow well, is no one going to be at the police station like is no one actually going to well, work and that's the thing i would understand it if they were trying to draw the police away from the police station so they could get in there and do something but they weren't so all they were, all he was doing was drawing the police along with him, along with Eddie Albert, who he that was his, you know, he wanted to get Eddie Albert close to the county line. So when he grabbed them, he could just hop across the county line. But he still had like, like ten police cars behind him. So well, I don't. For every car that wrecked or flipped or whatever, I guess that's one or two less officers that are going to be able to continue to chase him down later when they figure out that this is all a scam. Still, I guess I just have to remember this is a money-hungry jerk. But, like, for someone to say, yeah, so we're going to need to involve all of your police cars, all of your police officers. Everyone on staff needs to be doing this tomorrow, not (laughs) fighting crime. And he's like, yeah, okay, (laughs) sure. Let's sign up for that. And there's a lot, all the risk involved and... I know, Injury. again, it's TV, <laughs> Yeah. but it just it's not seems only that, like... It's, not only is it TV, it's TV in 1981. Yeah. And not a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> you, didn't have to, you didn't have to really connect threads in 1981. You just did things. Well, yeah, and I guess maybe I just... Yeah, I have to let that go. I have to let it go. So, so in the meantime, before the big car chase... The three big black drug dealers figure out that Colt and Howie are in this Arizona town. They think Country Joe is with them, which eventually they are because Country Joe decides to go on the run, takes his wife and baby with them. Um, no car seat in their, on their drive down. I guess car Listen, seats weren't a thing. Safety is not important. We've got Jody in the back of a pickup truck, which, okay, in the 80s, that wasn't illegal yet, okay? Sure, fall guy, check. We Every scene that they're driving around, every scene, no seatbelts, no one is wearing a seatbelt. I don't know. When did seatbelts become the law? I'm not exactly sure, but literally nobody wore one. And I kind of was going to let that slide. Okay, fall Mm -hmm. guy, check. But when they showed that baby just laying on the back seat, there was no car seat. There was, like, nothing. Mm -hmm. The baby's just laying there like everything's great. Like, mom looks over her shoulder, smiles at the baby. And I'm like... like, Is that what people did? Really? I feel like that's what people did in the 1940s. I feel like people still held their kids, though. But, like... Car seats existed in the 80s, right? I think so. I don't think I they like... were optional. I don't know. But even Maybe if... the baby, maybe the baby was a stuntman. Yes. <laughs> but like all you got to do is even tap on the brakes slightly hard and that baby's going to like roll. So I I might need to do a little bit of research into car seats and when yeah, we might have to we might have out. to revisit this one. But was it cool in 1981 to just lay your baby on the back seat? I'm genuinely asking here. <laughs> we'll have to check with all of our parents and I'm pretty sure I had a car seat. Oh, so yeah, 
So, well, miraculously, Country Joe, his wife and baby, make it safely to this town in Arizona. They find Colt and Howie, and Colt and Howie realize that now that the three big black drug dealers have probably figured out that they're all in this little town in Arizona. So, again, hatching more elaborate schemes, <laughs> Colt breaks into the police station to steal a police uniform and pulls over the drug dealers in their car using his own truck that has, like, red lights on it. Oh, yeah, that were just then, covered. So it's like, oh, how convenient. Now yeah. that we need to impersonate law enforcement, all we have to do, pop these two little covers off, and boom, yeah. we're good. And I don't even know why he needed the – because all he did when he, when he came up to the – you know, he kind of pulled his gun on them, and he's like, all right, you're coming with us. Like, did, did you really need the police uniform for that? Like, you weren't impersonating – like, he, he, he walks up to the, their car – wearing the uniform under the, you know, like pretending to have pulled them over. But like the driver recognizes him immediately. He's like, yo, that's the dude I shot. And the boss is like, how could that be? He's dead. He's like, I don't know, but that's him. So it's like, he's pretty much recognized immediately. And then I'm trying to figure out the logistics of Colt and Howie, not only like transporting these three guys, back to their hotel room, but then tying each of them up and gagging them, like, I mean, it's simple numbers. It's three to two. Like, guns or no guns, eventually you're going to, you know, you figure one of these guys would get the drop on them. Like, that's kind of a dangerous thing to do. Like, why wouldn't they just tie them up and leave them in their car and, like, push it off the side of the road or something so no one could see it? Like, again, it's just the... The schemes that they that they hatch are so elaborately ridiculous <laughs> and unnecessary, you know? Like, how did they get the guys to the hotel? I mean, they, they had to drive them there. Right. And these are three substantial men. They're not... They're all they're all like career criminals. But yeah, they're all like above average in size. They're huge. They're like six foot. You know, almost each of them were six foot tall, and they're like cold, stone cold killers. And we have Colt, who okay, we he's told us seven different times how experienced he is. He could take care of himself. But Howie is like, you know, he's not a big guy, and he's like. I will actually I'll say in defense of Howie, he was bigger than I remembered him to be. I thought I thought he was like more scrawny, but seeing him in the show, he was like as tall as Colt, and I think he was even a little broader. I think he had broader shoulders. He looked like a big guy to me. But that being said, relatively speaking, he's he has, still smaller than the, the oh, sure. criminal guys. Yeah, he's still smaller than those guys, and he has no idea how to defend himself or how right. to fight. Um. Anyways, it's just a, you know, just crazy. So then, these three hoods are. Yeah, you know, tied up and gagged um, in Colt's hotel room while he's doing this uh, pseudo police car chase. They're discovered by the maid, who I guess frees them because now they're on the road looking, you know, they're part of this thing now. Um, Colt eventually gets Eddie Albert into this helicopter to get him across state lines. But before he does that, he sees. He somehow finds the drug dealers in their car driving down the highway, and this helicopter has, like, a hook on it, and he manages to hook the car by the bumper and lift it up and fly and, it on top of a mountain. And he's like, I've done something like this before. So... Was it Eddie Alves? Whoever questions, like, whatever he's doing, he's like, no, I've done this before. It only takes, like, two tries, but he hooks the car in no problem, like, no problem. Lifts it up and just, is just flying, just flying, mm -hmm. carrying a car. And this it, is not a small car. This is, like, I mean, this was 1981. This was a big, like, Cadillac-looking thing. Yeah. 
And like, I just kept thinking again, like I know it's TV, but the person in the driver's seat would have been like smashed on the steering wheel for the entire time. I'm kind of thinking, what all is on that piece of paper in your glove box? <laughs> because does it say you're allowed to like do bodily harm? Like, does it say that you could like rupture organs and stuff from this guy like getting jacked in a car that's being carried by a helicopter for half an hour or something? Like, it seemed again, it's TV. Oh, but it was just like ridiculous that they picked up this car carried it around, set it down, and these three guys could just, like, get out and walk, and, like, everything was fine. Now, here's something Here's something about that. So, just a little bit of um, uh, behind-the-scenes action. So, we, we watched this last night. Normally, we record the same night that we watch the show, but it was kind of late, so we decided to record the next day. So, I had a night to think about things. <laughs> so, not only did... So, Colt was flying this helicopter with this big Cadillac with three drug dealers inside, hooked to it. I don't know if you rem remember this or noticed this. America the Beautiful was playing in the background while he was doing this. America's never looked so beautiful. Right. America the Beautiful was playing the instrumental. He, he lays... The car on top of this, like a butte, like you know, like one of those. Right. Uh, yeah, it's like a. It's like a rock a, formation. Yeah. This giant flat top. As far as I could tell, there was no like they certainly weren't driving down, and I seriously doubt they could climb down without any kind of gear. Right. Or, no way. I'm pretty sure Colt left them to die up there. I mean, basically, like. I, because I guess I want to believe that he went back and told the police you got three drug dealers up on this, like, whatever. I don't even know how he explains that, though, without getting in trouble himself. Plus, I think he knows that they're going to get down off that mountain, and they're going to resume their chase. They're, they're, they're still going to come after probably not only um, Country Joe, but they're going to come after him for putting them on top of a mountain. So if he was willing... If he was willing to go after Eddie Albert for free for running down and murdering a kid, he's probably going to, you know, these are three drug dealers. I mean, his sense of right and wrong is such that I, he's probably like, yeah, I can justify leaving these guys to die on top of a mountain. Sure. Because yeah. not only are they trying to, you know, do bodily harm to me and my friends and family, they're also drug dealers. Right. Now... To, I guess, like, to my point, sure, they were left on this mountain thing. But they all still, all three of them were able to get out of the car, stand on both legs, <laughs> you know, do the, like, swing the fists in the air kind of, like, yeah. can't believe you're going to leave us on a mountain, you jerk. I feel like they could have been injured worse than that by flying around in a car attached by a hook to a helicopter. And I I'm going to move on from that but like what is again i gotta do some research what is a bounty hunter officially <laughs> allowed to do also could do we need to just like is he just like a vigilante he works within the law when he wants to but he works outside of the law when he feels like it that's what i'm saying i think he was outside i think this was definitely Colt going rogue. Yeah, I'll just leave you three jerks up here. No one's ever going to find you in the middle of the desert. Yeah, who's gonna, and like who's going to tell me? Eddie Albert, who's also going to jail. I, I feel like the only thing you can say is like, oh, it's TV, because there's no way flying a helicopter with without anyone to actually manually hook the hook from the helicopter to like the frame of the car. The, the hook was just probably on the bumper. Right, so like Which, it would have after off. a little bit of time, I imagine, yeah, the whole car would have come off of the bumper. And they were flying really high. Yeah. Like yeah. those dudes would have been pancaked. Yeah. After that, you don't really, I mean, you don't, you don't see Eddie Albert getting delivered, do you? To just like to to the police station, or I think we just assume he was. 
you know, justice was done. I don't think that they actually showed that. I'm trying to remember how it ends now. This is why we have to record right after. <laughs> um, oh well, no, it 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 ends with um, he's back on a on a movie scene doing a doing a stunt because oh, right. who makes an appearance? Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett, ex Mrs. Lee Majors, who I um, it, and, and that was a whole like very meta conversation because it was almost because at the time they were ex ex-husband and wife and he asked her to, to make an appearance on that episode and people advised her not to do it but she wanted to do it to show that there were no hard feelings between them so the conversation they were having you know as like actress and stuntman was like very thinly veiled like she was like you know take care of yourself and um, you know, how are you doing? And blah, you know, I worry it was, about you or something to that yeah. effect. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It was almost kind of awkward. <laughs> it's like you guys. Do you guys want some privacy <laughs> or something? I mean, but um, yeah. So Farrah Fawcett made an appearance as herself. Oh, James Coburn made an appearance as himself. As the remember the the scene with the race car. In the very beginning, mm-hmm. when he was on fire, um, James Coburn mm-hmm. made an appearance. Um, that feels like 17 years ago at this point. I nearly forgot yeah. that opening. So there were some, you know, some big big names uh, for the you know at the time in this show um, as guest stars. Um, I'd actually be interested in continuing continuing to watch this just to see who else guest stars. In this show, either as themselves or as like, oh, it's young, whoever, in this show. Right. Yeah, it's well. I think it's always fun to identify some person that we know from somewhere else, whether we're watching like new shows or doing the podcast or just you know whatever. And it would be sort of cool because I bet throughout their five or so seasons. They, they probably do have a number of pretty cool, you know, guest stars come on. And there's, I'm kind of struggling th- with this one, with the whole would I watch it again thing. Because every reason in my mind why I would watch it again is really connected to, like, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. The theme song, the potential for guest stars... Um, you know, the fact that it's just like the epitome of, of like eighties, you know, uh, action Mm -hmm. type of, uh, you know, show and it's fun, but like realistically, like I would have to say doesn't really hold up. Like I like the concept. I think they could probably, and I am not endorsing like let's redo another 80s show, <laughs> but could you take a guy who's a stuntman who has a moonlighting job as a bounty hunter? Like the premise, I actually kind of love the premise yeah. of the show. Love it. You get the sidekick cousin who comes back from seven years of college with no degree, but knows a little bit about this and a little bit about that. And I'm sure that's going to come up because how he's going to be like, you know, he made it known. Like, I took this at this school and I took that at that school. Yeah, There's probably like, going to be, like, episodes where he knows something helpful. I felt like know? that was his thing. Right. So he knows a little bit of everything. He's got some, some knowledge. Um, and I think all that adds to what could be, like, a really good show, but... There's so much in this show that ju- it doesn't hold up to today. Like, it wouldn't pass for today. And so, I have to say, probably, I wouldn't watch it again, realistically. But for, like, nostalgia purposes, mm-hmm. like, for fun, heck yeah, I would watch it. Yeah, I think I would, too. And, and like I said, just, you know, for the reasons I said, like, not only just to... um see the famous faces but to recapture some of that you know that 80s action nostalgia um i want to say that there was actually like 
a line, probably not like a big line, but like a line of like Fall Guy toys. I'm pretty sure you could buy his truck with like hmm. like a little action figure of him and maybe like some Fall Guy like play sets, like some stunt play sets. Um, but you know when when I when I teased this episode, um, a lot of people kind of came out and was like, you know, like. I think kind of echoing our nostalgia for it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of excited for this show um, or that we were going to watch this show and talk about it. So, yeah, I would um, I would probably, you know, watch another episode or two, again, just for fun or, if, you know, there's, you know, nothing on or from bored or something. Um, now, we did watch this on Hulu, and as far as I could tell, there were only season one was on Hulu. Oh, okay. There weren't any, there was nothing further beyond that. So, I don't know if there's any plans to for Hulu to put more epi- you know, episodes on, or if you have to, you know, if you're really into the Fall Guy, you might have to shell out a few bucks to, to watch further seasons. I don't know. But, um, all right, well, I think that's, is that about it? I would say so. I think we've talked this one out. Um, okay, well, so that's all for this episode, and thanks for listening. Um, as always, you can find us uh, various places, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just look for Pilot Season Podcast, and that's it. Um, so next week is is my pick, and I already have it picked, but I'll tease that later on this week on the social medias, so keep an eye out for that. And and then we'll see you uh, for that next episode. So this has been episode 17 of Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.